0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio, 901. It's the morning after. Tyler Trumbauer with you here, as always, Monday through Friday. But shaking things up a little bit here today from our previous uh, announcements yesterday or previews, if you will, of today's show. Uh, We have not the athlete formerly known as Chewy, as he had to take the day off to to do some personal things. That's right, we have Mr. Mike Fenner in the building to take care of business for us. Here we go, brownie.
1: You know, I'll take that over the who sounder. I, re- I really will. Now you're going to give me both. Who? <laughs> who? There you go. That's, there's that. <laughs> but,
0: uh, yes, he is in the building stepping up for us. Either, it was either that or me, me flying solo when we figured no one wanted to listen to that. So Mr. Fenner stepped up and, and joined us here on the show. And, you know, now this is going to be three straight days of, of a, the morning after with a Fenner in some capacity. Today, tomorrow, and of course Monday to talk about. We haven't had Monday morning quarterback Fenner in a while because of the two Thursday nighters. So now we'll get back on our normal grind there with Mr. Fenner calling in most likely on a Monday morning because he can't get up on Mondays.
1: Mondays, they're not my thing.
0: Obviously. Obviously. You have a shirt that says that? I feel like you should. I got to get one. Got to get one. All right. So we're going to, we're going to, w- with Fenner here, and it's been a while since it's just been Mike and I in the building together. Uh, you know, no Tubby to kind of act as whatever he acts like. There might be a lot more structure. You could say that. Glad you said that, not me. And <laughs> um, so we'll, we're going to hit a lot of different topics. So we got some Burrow stuff to talk about uh, women's soccer, with Mike being the beat writer for The Spectator. Uh, we have wrestling and some things I want to hit on there. Um, we, we could even touch on football. We also have PSAC Basketball Media Day. Mike and I are dressed up. We're going to be hitting that up today later on. So we can touch on that a little bit as basketball season will be here before you know it. And then also we can get into the professional ranks. We have, uh, NFL starting off tonight with a Thursday nighter. I think will be a little bit of an interesting Thursday nighter. We'll find out if Mike agrees with that. And then, you know, we'll just see where the, where the time goes. We got 50 or so minutes remaining in this show and we'll just, uh, try to see what happens because that's how we do it right here on 88.9 Fighting Scots radio com, and the TuneIn app on your mobile device. So, one thing I want to hit on real quick which is kind of breaking news yesterday. Uh so I won't use the sports center uh sound because it was yesterday. Um but good move. Wrestling had had a little bit of an announcement. Uh, Vic Avery, Redshirt senior, forced to pull out of this Sunday's NWCA All-Star Classic. He was uh, selected a little while back, one of the first entrants to be selected and announced for this contest, and he uh, had to pull out for this Sunday because of an injury. He was held out of wrestle-offs last Saturday right here in the borough um, due to an injury, and uh, he's he still had that quote. Tim Flynn was quoted in the uh, Released from Sports Information, said, quote, Vic had to pull out due to an injury. We expect him back soon, close quote. So he was injured during practice last week and uh, did not participate in wrestlers' lofts, like I said. So he was supposed to compete against Nathaniel Brown of Lehigh. Pretty good guy. 184 pounds. Um, Edinburgh will still be represented, though, as Sean Russell, Redshirt freshman who did a phenomenal job a year ago in his redshirt season one wrestle-offs, or excuse me, won the Edinburgh Open last year in the dome. He will compete in an undercard against Devane Dodens from Life. At least we know he's not dead at 125 pounds. Jeez. Well, who? What's life? I don't know. It's what it's, is life? What, That's the well, question
1: we got to crack in the next, you know, 55. Minutes. I don't think
0: we have enough time to really figure out to explain what Probably is not. life because I sure as heck don't know. No. Um, but to give you a little bit more about Russell, because he's a bit of an unknown if you're not an avid Borough Wrestling fan, he's a four-time Georgia State champ, so uh, I don't know what he's doing here, uh, while competing for Collins, High, Collins Hill High School. He was 18-8 and eight in open tournaments while redshirting last year, so one of those open tournaments being the Edinburgh Open, one of the biggest open tournaments in the nation. Arizona State even competing in that bad boy, the uh, one of the top t- teams in the nation, so Sean Russell will be competing um, that'll be a good thing on ESPN. I'm not sure if the undercards will be shown, but nonetheless, we'll have coverage of that, Gofightingscots.com and also uh, in the Spectator next week, so you can check that out. And speaking of the Spectator, Mike, dropping like hot today, being distributed around campus now. Maybe we can go find ourselves a copy during one of these commercial breaks. Got to get it. Got to get it now. So do you. Edinburgh now. And then, of course, it's in print on on campus, in town, also online versions, articles, then the PDFs overall on EdinburghNow.com because that is your should be your homepage right now. And then women's soccer. I just want to touch on that super quick here because Michael is in the building. Um, Edinburgh Women's Soccer, we talked about it yesterday with Tubby. I brought it up a little bit. Played the applause sounder, you know, the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, their win, 2-1 to win against IUP on Tuesday, clinched them a PSAC playoff berth. So currently they're sitting fifth, can get – can move the fourth. That's all I can do. The first two spots, I believe, are locked up by Gannon and Westchester already. Then the third spot's open. Fourth spot, fifth spot, so on. I think Kutztown has already clinched a playoff spot, but not not an exact seed as of yet. Mike will double-check me and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I can remember that. Um, so the ladies are 11-6 and six overall, as I said yesterday. Um, and then they're 10-5 and five in the PSAC. And uh, I said yesterday that if they beat Kutztown on Saturday, they clinch a home first round playoff match. Found out yesterday from some further investigation that it is just a win or a tie for the ladies to get a home playoff win because they own the tiebreaker against Kutztown since they had that 4-1 to win in the snow, which Mike and I called on ETV.
1: That was an interesting match. It was an interesting match. We saw, I think, five or six different seasons, if that's even possible. Right. Uh, But we talked about that on the broadcast and afterward. You know, those wins were huge. They have a win over Westchester, who's clinched the two seed in the PSAC. They have the win over Kutztown, who's sitting third right now. Unfortunately, they couldn't beat Slippery Rock, who's right in front of them, you know, with the fourth seed. Right. Uh, haven't beat that team, though, since 2009, so that would have been a tall order anyway. Just a bad matchup, it seems like. Uh, but no, having those tiebreakers, having those wins over good opponents, good quality opponents, not only helps you in the Atlantic region, which we know is significant with the NCAA playoffs looming, uh, but also in terms of trying to position yourself for the PSACs, which they're doing for next week.
0: Certainly, yes. So home playoff match, if they get that with the winner, Clint get that with the winner of the tie on Saturday against Mansfield, they will then um, move that will be Tuesday, November 3rd, time-to-be-determined site, obviously being determined, Sox-Harrison Stadium. Um, they could play as early as 2 o'clock, as late as 7 o'clock. We'll find that out, I think, about Saturday. or so- I think they might come out with it Saturday night. Yeah. I think the PSA is pretty quick with coming out with their, their uh, brackets and such. Um, but also, the NCAA Atlantic Region poll came out, their second edition of their regional polls, um, and women's soccer took sixth in the Atlantic Region. So that's that's de- they were they were fifth in the initial polls, um, and I don't know what they did wrong. I mean, fifth in the polls last week gets a win, and
1: then they move down a spot. Yeah, I mean the SRU loss that that's the thing that's disappointing is that's a, that's still a quality loss. I mean, it's right. one nothing. It was kind of a scrappy game, really defensive. Uh, you do take that L, but you know I think that holds more weight than. Then, you know, dropping a spot, I think that, that really shouldn't hurt you too much because SRU, clearly a team like Edinburgh that's going to be in the Peace Act tournament, that's going to be competing, you know, for postseason play, so I don't right. know why that hurt them so bad. But. I
0: also think NCAA, I think they take the top eight from the region, uh-huh. so six is obviously in that top eight, so they'll be all right there, and one thing to note about the NCAA is uh, Edinburgh has a decent record against teams that are ranked. Uh, nationally ranked, that's going to make them look good. And, you know, even though they did take that loss to SRU, a team that might get into the NCAA t- tournament as well, uh, it was a close match. Could have gone either way. Edinburgh had a lot of opportunities in that match to score. Just could not capitalize on that one.
1: What do you think it's going to take for this team to make the NCAAs? What, what is it? Because clearly there's one regular season match left. Uh, we haven't mentioned it yet, but they play at Mansfield. Overall record of 4-11-1, PSAC 3-11-1 on Saturday before they go to the PSACs. What do they need to do next week to ensure that, hey, not only, you know, right now you're looking at six, like you said, take the top eight. What do you think they need to do to stay up in there and make it to the NCAAs? I
0: think they have to win that first round in the PSAC. They didn't do that a year ago. Yeah. Um, They finished strong last season, beating Kutztown in one of their final regular season matches to qualify for the PSAC tournament after their rough start to the season, and made the postseason for the conference, but lost a two to one decision at KU a year ago and then got left out of NCAA's for the first time in a few years. And head coach Gary Kagyavis was dumbfounded that they were left out. He thought they should have they had a good enough resume to make it a year ago. I think to just solidify that and, and make sure there are no there is no gray area for the NCAA to opt you out of the national tournament you need to win and get into that final four of the PSAC. I mean, the PSAC is the toughest division in Division Two. I mean, you're going to have an undefeated Gannon who is the top team in the nation. In your Atlantic Region poll, which is three conferences, mind you, Mm -hmm. seven PSAC teams are represented in that.
1: Yeah, it's dominated by the PSAC.
0: Right, it's a huge conference. So even if you just get in the top four of this conference postseason tournament, that's still a good feat. That's still a good run. So I think if they beat their first round, get to the Final Four, even if they lose in the semifinal match, I think that gets them in the NCAA. I
1: have a question for you because we talked about this a little bit off air. You just had
0: a question for me.
1: I know, but I have another one. Okay. We talked about it off air a little bit. Do you almost think it hurts Edinburgh that they're locked into the 4-5 slot because you look up at Gannon, the number one team in the nation, 17-0, 15 PSAC wins. Do you almost think it hurts them that they can't drop down because it's either Bloomsburg or Shippensburg? Or East Stroudsburg, all three of those teams, 8-6-1 right. right now in the conference. Edinburgh, two matches ahead. I mean, do you think it kind of hurts them that they're locked into that 4-5 where they would face the 1 versus maybe drop into 6 where you could kind of play around that and go through the 2 or the 3?
0: That's tough. I mean, it certainly is. Uh, so if you get the 4, which, you know, they, they you hope they will because that means they'll have a home playoff match on that Tuesday, November 3rd, the first postseason date. Yeah. Uh, so then they if they would play out a scenario where they win, then you're getting into then they're going to play – Gannon, right, in mm-hmm. that semifinal. So you're right. I mean, it's tough. But, you know, that's where that's where a lost to SRU hurts you and some other losses here and there. Because you could be
1: three, right, and you wouldn't have to worry about this because so, you already beat Westchester and Cutstown. You take care of that Slippery Rock match. Maybe one or two other matches earlier on in the season go differently, a couple bounces, and, yeah, you're talking yeah. about three versus four then, or five. Then,
0: then you get Gannon, you know, at, on that championship Sunday there and yeah. uh, take care of business then, try to at least. And uh, Gannon will most likely get home field throughout because – it's the the team host the team that hosts the final four is the team the highest seed remaining after the first round. So barring any upsets, Gannon most likely will be there. Gannon has yet to lose a match, so I don't think that's really going out on a limb. No, no, to no, say that, that the Golden Knights will host the final four, which we're okay with that as well because you know we 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 have no problem going up to Erie to uh, watch some borough women's soccer. So we'll monitor that as the as the uh, get closer to the weekend, and of course on Monday, talk about that. And uh, you know when Mike calls in, um, we might have to keep him on air for a few extra minutes to maybe transition from borough football to borough women's soccer football. We'll talk about tomorrow, but of course the game notes out today or yesterday, excuse me. Thirteenth ranked as that's what they've peaked at now at the in the AFCA Division Two poll has Slippery Rock was up and down, in and out of that rankings. Now as high as 13 after their 40-39 to 39 thriller of a win against IUP a week ago in the rain, and uh, they're coming to Burrow. Senior day, five guys will be honored before this. Maybe four. Shansky probably won't get honored, will he? I mean, he's coming back.
1: Yeah, I think he's looking for another year. So, so. I don't think he will be in it. I'll have a look. I think it's in here. But if it's five guys, they better have burgers and fries. I'm just going to go ahead and say that.
0: Five seniors, according to this.
1: And there you go. Slippery Rock, uh, Edinburgh and Clarion, that's what they're looking at right now. If they, I mean, they control their own destiny. They've got, they've got the wins on their resume in the right. West. So we had six. Sorry, dude. I just want to wrap this up. Six with Mike <laughs> Shansky.
0: Five. So Jacob Potts, Dom Principali, Nick Roberto, Joe Sullivan, and Jason Watts will be the ones... Honored. And it says, and, it, and I quote in this article, a sixth senior, Mike Shansky, was lost to the year, for the year, at the end of the first game of the season due to an injury.
1: The linebacker will be back next season. Be like Laura Lindsay getting a couple uh, senior days, right? Senior, yeah. Senior nights. Keep doing
0: it. Because uh, you got your graduate. Like, Hope Mancini did the same thing. She yeah. got graduate, and she's coming on back and all that stuff. But, yeah, SRU ranked 13th in Division II, 12th according to D2Football.com. And The Rock is fourth in the Super Region 1 in the first set of regional rankings. They're seeking their third straight trip to the NCAA Division Two playoffs. They've won back-to-back PSAC West titles. So what were you saying before?
1: Oh, sorry. Uh, I mean, with their schedule, it's, it's Edinburgh and it's Clarion for right. SRU right now, remaining in the West. Two games They've got one loss to Seton Hill, which at this point, that's got to really tick them off because that could really hold them back from from where they want to be considering the fact that Seton Hill's a two-win football team this year. right? Uh, but for Slippy Rock, you know, it's simple. You control your own destiny. They've got they've got the wins over the right teams. You know, they, they beat IUP in a significant game, huge rivalry last week. They've beaten Cal. They've beaten Gannon. They, they've taken care of business. And uh, for Edinburgh, it's playing spoiler. I mean, can you imagine the magnitude of a win like that if they were able to pull it out and and basically ruin this team's season, although, you know, Coach Browning said he firmly believed the West would be one with two losses. So maybe it's going to be Clarion or Edinburgh that tries to spoil the party for the Rock, but maybe they overcome that anyway. So we'll see. If Edinburgh beats Slippery Rock, I want people to storm the field. Yeah, I don't think that's too much. Like, that's not
0: over the top in my it, opinion. I, I that's want a
1: goalpost taken down
0: <laughs> at Sox Harris the same on Saturday. So any of you students listening out there, athletics is probably freaking out right now. But I'm telling you. be a big win. It would. It's, the it's a sport- great great football team coming in. Sports Fever Game of the Week, ESPN 3 If Edinburgh
1: dethrones. Don't plug it too much. SRU. <laughs> no, it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a big challenge. It's a really, really good football team. And as you said, we'll talk more about it tomorrow, but... It's a physical football team and between running the ball and stopping the run, they know how to do it. That's that's their bread and butter, and that's gonna be a tough challenge ahead.
0: Last note, uh for Burroughs Sports before we move on to something else after our first break or we'll wrap up this first segment, PSAC basketball media day here in the Northwest, the 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 nub of Pennsylvania as I like to call it. <laughs> that's how I describe where I go to school. When people are like, Well, where's Edinburgh? I'm like, Well, you know that you know how Pennsylvania is a nub? Yes. Well, it's in the nub. You know Canada? Go a little lower. A little closer. Past Canada. the water. I mean, a lot of people do just say I go to school in Canada. I mean, it's not true, but... Yeah, virtually. Nonetheless. I digress. Yeah. Right here on the campus of Edinburgh, University of Pennsylvania, in the nub, we got Mercyhurst, Gannon, Borough women's, men's teams, going to be happening in the Pogue Student Center today. Um... Mike and I will be there in attendance along with other media members. Members of the Borough teams will be getting some interviews with them and such. Basketball season's just right around the corner. November 18th, things get underway for the men te- men's team and for the women's team. They get things underway the 14th and the 15th at the uh, Atlantic Region Challenge, the crossover between the PSAC and the MEC. We won't have that coverage on 88.9 because we've got to wrap up football yet. Week 11 at Millersville. And then we'll get things started with that Slippery Rock home NPSAC opener and season opener for the men, as I said, on the 18th. That will be a good matchup for the men, though. A team that they lost to who ended their season a year ago, that's who they start off with this year.
1: Yeah, and not just that, but three narrow losses to the Rock. They really want to get them uh, to start the season off right. That'll be good for the men's side. And then for the women's side, uh, another revenge game. Lost to that team at the Rock. Yeah, and uh, that was a really good game as well. So they're going to want to try and get him back as as well. That should be a really nice double header to get the PSAC slate and the uh, regular season slate underway.
0: Right, looking forward to that one. That of course, right here, eighty eight point nine, your home of Burrow basketball. One note about the uh, PSAC basketball, though. Overall, we'll find out the polls, uh, the preseason polls, the all preseason uh, team, and whatnot. We know that. Buka Henry Wade Chapman is the is a preseason All American and is the preseason PSAC player of the year. But one thing for Mansfield, uh, they hired a new interim coach just earlier this week. Man with a lot of NBA experience, Mr. Fenner. I don't know if you I don't know if you dove deep into that story.
1: I didn't catch this one. It got Bonnie. What's uh what's the news?
0: This guy that P I don't know why they put an interim tag on him. Okay. I don't know how they lost their own guy, number one. So I don't know what Mansfield was doing in that in that uh, respect, but they just hired him earlier this week. Let me find his name real quick. He's that's not that's not anything. That's unfortunate. <laughs> what am I doing here?
1: Yeah, you could always come back from a break and uh, and
0: get it to us. I could, couldn't I? <laughs> just, I? I typed in the thing and it's like, oh, it's .org, not .com. That's unfortunate. That's really unfortunate. Pat Zipfel. Interim men's head coach, made by director of athletics Deb Salfaro, announced this. Most recently, it was the advanced scout with the NBA Chicago Bulls. Is now the head coach, interim head coach, of Mansfield University's men's basketball program. Uh, he does have some Pennsylvania roots. Coached at Bucks County Community College, a uh, couple times in his career. Uh, went to Cabrini College, which is. Close by, graduated in eighty nine. Not close by here, but it's Pennsylvania. In eighty nine, with a degree in English Communications, um, his other NBA experience, he was the head coach of New Jersey Squires of the ABA during the O three hundred four season, leading the team to the quarterfinals, and has extensive experience working with Dominican Republic national team under John Calipari,
1: and working with uh, Mike Fratello, the Czar, <laughs> who, oh, old Memphis Church. Grizzlies coach.
0: Whatever. So he was. So he's he has he's been an Come assistant on, coach in the NBA for 15 years, last two Chicago Bulls. So that's a nice resume this guy's got.
1: Yeah, no, certainly. Uh, now he's just got to get rid of the interim. That's, yeah. That's, that's the I don't know why he's next. got that. I mean, it's like days
0: before the season starts and you're giving the interim tag. Yeah. I'm not sure about that one. <laughs> so uh, we'll get more basketball stuff, of course, upcoming as things get closer to basketball season. And we're looking forward to that, of course, as always. But pro football to finish up a few more weeks of that to talk about here on Fighting Scots Radio. We're going to hit our first break of today's show. We'll be back in a matter of moments and jump into some other stuff right here on 88.9.
2: The greatest rock and alternative music from all time is here. 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio.
0: Welcome back here, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's 9.25 here on the morning after. Thank you all for tuning in. 88.9, EdinburghNow.com, the TuneIn app on your mobile devices. If you don't have that downloaded, you should, you know, take a hard look at your life. I mean, am I wrong?
1: No, you got it. Thank you. You're right on with that.
0: Thank you. Uh, So, Mike is in the building with me today. If you're just tuning in, Chewy had to take the day off, do some personal things. So, hopefully, he'll be back on Tuesday with us here
1: on the show. My personal things were postponed.
0: You don't have personal things. You're right. You're not allowed to have personal no. things. Nonetheless, talked about it in the last segment. The spectator's out. I just got a copy. Found a bundle found its way into the studio. A little humble brag, too, off the air. Yeah, well, I'm on the front page, so <laughs> no big deal. What you going to do? You know, what are you going to do, you know? Nothing. And then you see my, you see my, my rap? I told you I was going to have rap. You get that? You don't get that.
1: I'll, have to, I'll have to consume that. Think about the... it.
0: You're, you're a clown. Absolutely. Are. So let's go, into the, let's go to the association.
1: I thought it was an upgrade Maybe
0: maybe you'll, maybe you'll understand that <laughs> a little bit more. Can you name more than two people in the Lakers? Oh, I can. Oh, okay, good. And I will if you need. No, we're good. I believe you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not
1: yeah. a good roster, but I can still name more than two. <laughs>
0: right. I can assure you.
1: So, biggest game that mattered to
0: me, the Sixers lost. 112 to 95. Julio Okafor, though. 26 points, went 4-for-4 four four to start out the game. Got a text from my father. Told me that Okafor was 4-for-4. Four four. Um, I just sent back a flame. That's all you need to send back. And we were we were busy doing things. <laughs> I just sent back a flame. Uh, 26 points, seven boards, one assist. What do you think of Julio Okafor? You think he's legit? You think he could be You think that's a solid pick by the Sixers?
1: I think it is. Um, I mean, for starters, it was the second most points scored by a center in his debut in NBA history. So soak that in because... That's probably a good indication that the Sixers may be able to overcome some of those draft picks with Joel right. Embiid and, you know, Nerlens Noel. They've, they've really hey, not hey, struck. Hey, hey, Nerlens Noel is decent. Ah, He's still got to come around a little
0: bit. Well, he needs people. He can't do the whole thing himself. I No, I agree. He had I'm Michael just saying. Carter-Williams, and Sam
1: Henke's like, oh, we'll just give him the Milwaukee. That was foolish. Uh, but, no, they, they've had some raw bigs. They've had some guys that they've taken chances on. Andrew Bynum. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's a dumpster. He $50 million
0: dollars to go bowling.
1: Yep. That haircut was never good either. Um. Anyway, no, Okafor, I think he was a solid pick. One of the only things that I had to criticize him on when playing at Duke in his only season last year was I felt like he could get away with being able to take possessions off. I mean, you could see him. He got a little bit complacent. He got a little bit lazy at times. I remember watching one of the two Duke-North Carolina games. And it just seemed like he had disappeared and vanished. And I'm thinking to myself, that's that's unacceptable considering how dominant he could be in a matchup like that. Why do you not care more? Why do you not have more, more of a drive? I mean, clearly this guy knew going into his freshman season, you know, he's going to be one of those one and dones at Duke. He's not going to be in it for the long haul. Barring an injury, maybe even still with an injury, you know, he's, he's uh, going to head to the NBA. But, you know... It would have been interesting to see him one one more year in college to see if he could have turned those habits around. Now he's got to break those habits in the NBA. But it looks like he is off to a pretty nice start with 26. Uh, it is a loss for the Sixers, but they're still building. Well, so no. Still building, and that's a nice piece to have. They've got to hope and pray at this point that that's the guy they hit mm-hmm. on because, like I said, with Embiid, with the foot issues, they've had big guys. Don't with forget the
0: Dario Saric that they drafted two years ago. How could I? not even in the freaking country
1: <laughs> that usually helps you know with wins sheesh
0: kidding me all right what else happened some real teams played too
1: one of the biggest surprises to me was denver and houston the rockets a team that went to the western conference finals and competed nearly going to the nba championship series puts up only 85 points james harden with a miserable shooting percentage and they lose to denver Time out. Is he still dating that Kardashian?
0: I'm not sure. I don't... Because he was dating Lamar's, like, ex-wife, but they're not divorced, officially.
1: Yeah. I, like, he was stuff... rumored
0: to be dating her, but now she told her lawyer to stop the divorce papers because she wants to try things out with Lamar.
1: Is he going to be around long enough? I mean, I know Who's he's Lamar? recovering, yeah. I think he's all right, for now. I know he's recovered for the moment, but, my gosh. No, I don't know. That's not good for James Harden. I don't keep up too much with Harden's it's personal Probably why they lost. Yeah, He's pro- probably. He's upset. No, but six for twenty one from the field, two for twelve from downtown. I mean, yeah, he puts up twenty two points, that's all well and good, but if you're gonna do it with horrible shooting percentages and, and taking too many bad shots, that's not gonna that's not gonna help you. And with the Nuggets, I'm gonna be honest. I've going into this season predicted them to be the worst team in the Western Conference. And that's Boom. that's a really big win for Denver and a huge statement for Houston in the loss. Only eighty five points for a team that is regularly putting up over 110. I was really surprised to see that in both those teams' debuts last night. It yeah, stuck inter- out to me.
0: Interesting to see uh, for that one. The Cavs bounce back. Don't have to press the panic button that Tubby said he wasn't yesterday. Um, you know, because that was unnecessary to begin with. But Cavs win 106-76. to 76. That makes you find folks feel better. Kevin Love, 17 points, 13 boards, 3 assists. In the second contest of the season, making the Grizzlies go to 0-1. The Heat won in their season debut, 104-94 of the Hornets. Uh game we were watching a little bit, Josh Coffer Spurs fall, 112-106 to the Thunder. Thunder going to the finals, yes or no?
1: Oof, I don't know, that's tough. Um,
0: or, think... or conversely, you could say, are the Spurs going to the finals?
1: Yeah, seriously, especially Either with uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. That was probably the biggest acquisition they've made in the last near decade, Um you know, just to touch back on Cleveland and then go into the San Antonio deal, kind of sure, t- do whatever t- together. You want. Whatever. I'm just gonna say this. I'm really excited. The NBA basketball season is back. I love it. I know. It's a great time of year. But the one thing I absolutely can't stand is that we're sitting here talking about not you and I. I'm talking to everybody else out there. You know, 0-1 for Cleveland <clears throat> after the opener against Chicago, or San Antonio losing last night to, to Oklahoma City. Right. Who cares? It doesn't matter. We saw Cleveland going Ooh. into January last year. It looked like everything was going wrong and it, and people were in panic mode. Right. Talk to me in March or April. More importantly, talk to me in May or June. Hey,
0: hey, you're pray you're you're, you know, preaching to the choir here. I They don't care. I have 80 I don't understand why there's 82 games. It's, it doesn't make sense. I don't care. LeBron only plays 50 of the 82 to begin
1: with. Yeah. So and San Antonio's taking guys out. They I mean Tim Duncan plays forty of the 82 they They're getting days. fined for not playing guys. Right. And they don't care. Because it's all
0: that comes down to the postseason. As long as you're in the postseason, you're the Spurs, you get a decent record, the Cavs, you get a decent
1: record, it doesn't matter. Yep. None of this matters. And they're I mean screwing around right now. San Antonio last year was a six seed. Maybe not where they wanted to be seed wise, but they were a coin flip play. They were a Chris Paul prayer. You know, away from winning Game Seven in that comeback against the Clippers, they could have easily been in the semifinals and could have easily completely turned around that Western Conference look. So I mean, they, it's not like they were just not a bad, te- or not a good team last year. They were right there. They just right. didn't make a couple plays.
0: No, I agree. But so I mean, the Thunder do get the win. I think the Thunder are legit. I, I mean, personally, Russell Westbrook had a nice night: thirty-three points, two rebounds, ten assists. Nice double-double. Spurs. I mean. I think they'll be good, but I think this might be the last real year. I mean, didn't Tim Duncan say this is going to be, you know.
1: Monty Ginobili said this is his last this, season. I'm not sure about be. Tim.
0: He could be. He keeps uh, – it should be. I mean, I think if Manu's going out, he might go out with him. Yeah. sense. Would, would make sense. So I think that might be a way to go out on top for them. So maybe he'll give it one last hurrah, but I think this might be their last real good shot of uh, going out a title. The Mavs won. That's why Mike's happy. Yeah. And was able to get out of bed today. With a ragtag roster.
1: My gosh, that starting five makes me nauseous. You don't like it? No. I'm sorry. It's a lot different than I'm used to. And I'm not even going to get myself uh, any expectations this year because it's not going to be good.
0: So let me ask you this question. What's that? I saw this on the interwebs. Yeah. Who wins in a
1: 40-yard dash, Peyton Manning or Dirk Nowitzki? <laughs> <Domitsky? laughs> I saw Dirk tweet that last week. I've been trying to dissect that on I've been thinking about it a little bit because, you know, Peyton Manning— I think he's been at about at the same speed since 2003. Right. I think Dirk slowed down quite a bit. And he's kind of bow-legged. He's, he's kind of off a those little knees bit. knees are hurting. Yeah. Ugh, that's tough. Uh, I might take Dirk based on longer strides, those longer legs. I might take Dirk with longer. I think Peyton wins. Yeah? Just because I think he's going to get it going. And I think, like,
0: once he gets a guy, I think Dirk's going to get out to a nice lead. Yeah. For About the first, like, 10, 15 yards. Peyton catches him. And then him. Peyton's got that, like, that train of chugging. And okay. And he beats him by, like, a step and a half. But it should happen.
1: Yeah. Oh, it that really needs does. to happen. And
0: it should be, like, on primetime network television.
1: Be two of my, that's two of my favorite athletes right there in, in the world. I would love to see Someone that. would need
0: to hold you down if this was on TV. You would just be, like, squirming in excitement. Yes.
1: Too, uh, out of control. Two awkward-looking, terrific athletes as well, I would say. Only if it's high-voice high Peyton Manning, though. That's the only way I'll have High-voice Peyton Manning. <clears throat> one other thing to touch on, not
0: much like the excitement that was in Game 1 of the World Series. World Series Game 2 was last night. Kansas City just in a rout. Beat the Mets 7-1. Takes a 2 to nothing lead, winning both of their games at home. Now they'll have a day off travel to City Field in the Big Apple for the Mets' two home games as they're going to try to equal this Series, or at least just try to get on the board for this one to avoid a sweep. But the Royals out to a 2 nothing lead in the World Series. Fox, I believe, was able to broadcast <laughs> all nine innings of this contest.
1: That's a big win for Fox. Very Not the tr- Royals for Not Fox. The Royals, yeah,
0: Royals do as well. I mean, it's, it's important when you win your two at home. And then the thing is, though, you always got to steal one on the road. So if you take care of business at home, you got to always steal one on the road yeah. to take care of business because after the two, it's going to go back and forth like that so uh johnny cueto gets the win for the royals i believe he had a complete game um two hitter as well for this one so made some history with that one i think it was the first or second one of the few guys to do such things we're gonna hit a break here on the show come back jump to the gridiron in the national football league with week eight getting underway tonight thursday night football i think it'll be a good one we'll find out if mike agrees and then get into the weekend slate of games The Eagles don't play, so I'll actually be able to enjoy some football. Don't go anywhere the morning after. Rolls along right after this.
2: Supporters of WFSC include Bonnell's Auto Group, featuring collision services in Erie and Fairview, auto glass replacement and repair in Fairview, auto sales in Erie and Fairview, and full rod shop services and restoration in Fairview. Information on each service is on the web at BonnellsAuto.com. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to ditch the car and start rollerblading to work. I look ridiculous.
0: You look ridiculous!
2: You don't need to start foraging wild berries.
0: I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good.
2: You don't need to sell your organs on the black market. Lie back. This is gonna hurt. Yeah, that hurts. You don't need to rent out your apartment to drifters. I made a fire with the wood in your bedroom. That's my dresser! And your closet door. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell all your belongings and live in a commune. These dungarees belong to all of us now, Tom. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Yo, what's poppin', everybody? This is DJ Zodiac. Time of hearing the same old hip-hop and rap songs and want to reminisce about the good
0: old days? Well, fear not. At 8 o'clock on Mondays, I'm going to be playing some of that old-school hip-hop. Some songs you might hear from East Coast rappers and some songs you might hear from the G-Funk era. So like I said, join in at 8 o'clock on Mondays for that old-school hip-hop funk jam. And also, you can check us out live on livestream at edinborownow.com. That's edinburghnow.com.
2: Where it's all about the music. From yesterday's classics to the top hits of today. 88.9 WFSE Fighting Scots Radio.
0: Welcome back, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after 941 here. Tyler Trumbauer, Mike Fenner alongside here on a Thursday edition of the show. Thank you all for tuning in. EdinburghNow.com, the TuneIn app on mobile devices as well. And if you miss any of this nonsense or just want to listen to it again, we Check out our podcast as we uh, you know, make sure this thing is etched in stone forever. And you can listen to it on our EdinburghNow.com SoundCloud account and also right there on the front page of Edinburgh Now, which is where you should be today to uh read all of the good content from the spectator as that's dropping today as well around town um and on campus. You know what else is happening today, radio wise, it's the WQLN uh collegiate radio contest marathon thing
1: you oh yeah no- i did see that i forgot
0: you have no idea what i'm talking about dude no
1: i seriously i, I know what you're talking about i saw
0: him broadcasting in pogue already yeah they're only gonna be here like one o'clock apparently we're defending champs i'm not sure how that works i think it's just a telethon thing
1: yeah no i'm not
0: making it up i, I really did see that i don't but. have anything to read on it <laughs> i don't know It just popped in my head we'll be okay moving on last segment of today's show NFL talk week eight getting underway tonight, Thursday. I like we like to talk about more NFL on Thursdays, Mr. Fenner, um, because of just how jam-packed Fridays have become mm-hmm. with our borough football talk. Tom Risenweber and Weber calling in, Josh Gleason calling in for a marathon of college football talk. Um, you you know, got to find out who's
1: number five and all everything about him. I only asked,
0: asked last week when you were here. I only asked him top three.
1: Three. I'm surprised you didn't go to two. But none of them changed from the week before. There he you said. Go. He's
0: like it's all the same. So, but I will get on him about Temple Notre Dame, especially because he wasn't buying it last week. I don't know if you listen to this, but he wasn't buying it that I said college game day will go to Philly for Temple Notre Dame. First off, he tried to tell me they're going to go to Alabama LSU. He didn't even know that that, that was the week after. So I don't, I, I he lost all credit as a college football <laughs> analyst to begin with because you don't even know what freaking games are being played what weeks. Yeah. And then number two, he's like, oh, I don't know about that. They got this game and that game. I was like, you listen here, Sonny.
1: Listen, lady. It's gonna I knew it was going there. I had a good, it's only ranked on ranked game and right. it's a lot to play for it's for the first Temple. First time,
0: first time in Temple football history that they are ranked and are going to play a ranked team. The link has been sold out for weeks. I believe it. For this one, before Temple even became ranked. Temple's legit, all right? Penn State sucks. People <laughs> like Temple. And I'm fired up because I like Temple, local school, got friends that go to Temple, and Notre Dame's my college football team that I like to root for. You'll be in So I don't know tree, what I'm going to do. What I'm just going to be sitting there. I'm going to do nothing. Football's done. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch Kirk Herbstreet. And who's, who's doing the play-by-play now? Is it Reese Davis? Chris Fowler. Chris Fowler. They switched. Yeah.
1: Whatever. Doesn't matter. No more Brent Musburger. He's on the SEC network Who? now. He got demoted. Well, I mean, he should. He's old. I like Brent, but I like Chris better. He's old. Yeah. He is. Yeah.
0: Okay. Anywho. So that's that's Saturday. We'll talk with Josh Gleason, over tomorrow at nine thirty, as long as he doesn't have personal things to attend to. Gleason, or, and then Ryzen Weber at nine fifteen. You
1: are you coming in tomorrow? TBD. We'll see. Oh, I'll be on. That's fair. That's fair. Week
0: eight National Football League gets started tonight. Thursday nighter. Miami at New England. 825, still on the CBS network. NFL network as well. If you don't get CBS, I don't know how you would get NFL and not CBS, but don't ask me. Don't know what your cable provider's doing for you or what you're doing for them. Uh, but this is in uh, Foxborough. A game that was looked to be a snooze fest quickly changed into an interesting contest here, Mr. Fenner. Uh, Miami has uh, figured out that they do play the game of football, and uh, they figured out how to do it well. Scored more points in these last few weeks under new head coach Campbell than they did in their first few weeks this season under head coach Joe Philbin. Of course, him getting fired after their London debacle. Miami at New England. What do you make of this contest? Does Miami really have that much of a
1: shot? You know, I hate to be this guy, but it's not be. just because of the Patriots. This is fool's gold, Mr. Trumbauer. Aye. The Miami Dolphins have outscored their last two opponents, 82-36. to 36. That's, mm-hmm. that's great. Right. Uh, those teams are a combined three and ten when you talk about Tennessee and Houston. Ooh. Two teams that sit in the worst division in football in the AFC South. There was a time last week with Miami being included that Houston and Indianapolis were combined down 68 to nothing. Ouch, Let that one sit in. Uh, the Colts right now a commanding lead in the AFC South at three and four. Commanding lead in the division over the likes of Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Houston. Uh, So I'm going to say fool's gold, although I do think the huge advantage here is that you have the interim in Dan Campbell, former Cowboys and Giants tight end, uh, a guy that's got this team playing loose. You know, these guys aren't so tight. Uh, I think they're able to open up things on the offensive side of the ball. And you you saw Ryan Tannehill, a guy that's he was expected to have a breakout year at quarterback for Miami uh, coming into the season. And it just didn't look like he was able to do the things he wanted to. Uh, it, it seemed like they had been working really hard on this passing game, adding wide receivers. And until the last couple of weeks, you know, they were kind of just locked down. They weren't able to do anything. But then they just explode against Houston out to a 42-0 lead, four touchdowns, ends up with 18 of 19 passes completed. Tannehill right. does on the day. Uh, no need to even finish up the deal. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be a team with nothing to lose because at this point without Joe Philbin, uh, they're 3 and 3, but nobody's expecting them to really compete for the AFC East. Uh, technically in the wild card race, but when you're playing New England, you know, I think you just got to kind of got to let it all hang out. You mean go for those fourth downs, run those fake plays, you know, those those fake punts, those fake field goals. Why not?
0: Right, very I don't true. Know. I mean, you got to do some things. You know, you not only need to take care of your, your normal P's and Q's, but you sometimes got to be able to convert a, a special situation if you're going to beat a team like that. Games in Foxborough, New England, one of the few, not few, but I think we have five un- remaining undefeated teams in the National Football League. Eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home um, <clears throat> through the Dolphins at least cover. I don't know about that because New England— You're really down on this Dolphins team. You are not believing any of this. It's third, just third, because
1: I've third, seen— three three. and three.
0: I know that. What are your Dolph What are your Titans?
1: That's the point. They played Tennessee and they played Houston. I get it. That's why I'm saying it. That's my problem. The two wins come against AFC South. Carolina has yet,
0: yet to beat a team with a winning record.
1: Oh, I, I'm not on the Panthers either. I'm not huge on Carolina. Hey,
0: you're a very pessimistic man.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. they. <laughs> right. I mean, they did some good things. 38-10 to 10 win. They put up 42 right away against Houston. But I, those aren't good football teams. That's not New England at all.
0: Fact. All right. So we'll, so that's a Thursday nighter. Mike's saying, don't watch it. Do watch something else.
1: <laughs> that's not what I'm saying.
0: I mean, I'll probably will. I mean, what, it's Thursday night. What is, what is on TV on a Thursday night? <sighs> not that much. Yeah. You got to watch. You got to watch football. You got to talk about something tomorrow. <laughs> oh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll see if the Golden Girls are on. I'll ask Tubby. Uh, so going into the Sunday slate of games, another one of my favorite days, a 9.30 a.m. kick. And it's even better because this one's actually on television. No Yahoo
1: online exclusive. Yeah, Let's do it together.
0: No, we're going to watch with the watch world. Watch with the world, Hashtag yeah. watch with the world. Sheesh, Nonsense. Fenner. Get this thing right. I know. going to make fun of it. let get it right. 9.30 a.m. kick. And, of course, because we love our friends across the pond, we give them only the best matchups. Oh, yeah. Detroit at Kansas City. I don't know. I thought I had a good, like, I had nothing. I had a good sound. I got to add to this board. Detroit at Kansas City, 9.30 a.m. This one's on Fox at Wembley Stadium. Uh, Detroit, uh, they're in trouble. A lot of trouble. Kansas City, um, they're kind of done. Injury bug bit them. Jeremy Macklin's probable for this one. More importantly, though, they lost uh, the running back, the name that is escaping me, Mr. Fenner. Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles right there on the screen. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, He's gone.
1: Yeah, that, that totally takes away what they do on offense. I mean, he's a guy that catches the ball out of the backfield, obviously is their number one running back. They have two good guys, but Jamal Charles, in my opinion, is a top five running back. He has been for the last five years, and without him, this Chiefs offense that's very one-dimensional becomes non-dimensional, in my opinion. Right, so the Chiefs come in two and six, two and five, excuse me. The
0: Detroit Lions are one and six. Um, is Matt Stafford questionable in this game. Chiefs Five and a half point favorites, though. So I mean, they're two and five. Lions one and six. That's just showing how bad this game is.
1: Yeah, uh, and with the neutral field, I mean, these these are two teams that typically, when playing well, play well at home. I mean, Detroit with the indoor advantage there at Ford Field, and then Kansas City, knowing what they can do at Arrowhead Stadium. So you completely take that advantage out for both sides. I'm surprised it's such a big line, though. I mean, I guess if Stafford doesn't play, I could agree with that. Who's I could get a backup on board with there? that? Is this Orlovsky over there? No, it's, um, oh boy, it's not Sean Hill, is it? I'm trying to think who know. is the backup well, for Detroit. Look up. You look it up. Yeah, I'll, go, I'll get on that. You
0: get on that, sir. So Lions Chiefs, the last time uh, the Lions visited London, they emerged with a victory and were tied for the best record in the
1: National Football League. That will not happen this time. I hate to admit this, but it was Dan, it's Dan Orlovsky. I know they got Kellen Moore from Boise State who could push him, but... <laughs> you're going you're gonna to stand up now? Okay. That's good.
0: This goes on for eighteen seconds. I could really go to start here. Yeah. Go for it. It's all yours. <laughs> That's right. I know things. I didn't see did, Dan Orlovsky. Because you know what? I respect the man for still sticking around, and getting a paycheck, and doing nothing. Known as one of the worst backup quarterbacks
1: in NFL history. Competing with Charlie Whitehurst, clipboard Jesus.
0: Just hanging out. Yep. Getting paid. It's America. <laughs> Other games. In the 1 o'clock slot, so I don't know if you'll get up early. you Are going to get up early on Sunday to watch that? Uh, Probably second half, like last week. Yeah, because, you know, Halloween's Saturday night, so we know where Mike will be. Good action on 1 (laughs) o'clock. What? It's Halloween. You're going to go out. Everyone's going to go out. Have a good time. It's Halloween. I'm not going to give away your costume or anything. Good. I'll be at home watching Temple Notre Dame. Good. Whatever. (laughs) I'm just saying. I know. <clears throat> Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Atlanta fighting back, but you know they lost a tough divisional matchup last week against New Orleans, or two weeks ago against New Orleans. And uh, I still think Dan Quinn's head as coach of the year.
1: Tubby yeah. doesn't agree. No, that defense looks looks a lot better, much improved. Only seven points allowed. Although it's Zach Mettenberger and it's Tennessee. Uh, only seven points. Only seven points given up in Nashville last week in a gritty, grinded out game. And when the offense is clicking. Uh, they can do some big things with Julio Jones at wide receiver.
0: Hmm, 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 hmm. So other looking at some other ones around here. Another one that uh, means a lot around here, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger said he could potentially suit up a week ago, doesn't. Of course, Landry Jones getting the start there in that one. Um, there is no spread. This is a pick 'em, Fenner, I believe, between Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, unless the line just has not been made yet. Is that possible, too?
1: I don't think this late in the week that could be
0: that. Could, that can't be a thing. No, it's got to be a pick. Em. So it's a pick'em as of right now. Yeah, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is probable for Sunday's game. So Big Ben making the comeback. Steelers four and three, Cincinnati six and zero. Oh. Do the Steelers upset the Cincinnati Bengals?
1: I think they do. Oh. I think I think Ben Roethlisberger plays. Oh. Yeah, I think Ben Roethlisberger plays, and uh, this is a really, really important game for Pittsburgh. They have stayed afloat. They have survived you know, not playing with Ben. They've had the, the duo of Michael Vick and Landry Jones. It hasn't been pretty. They're looking for a bounce back after a really abysmal loss at Kansas City with no offensive firepower outside of Antonio Brown last week. It's a gotta-have-it if you're Pittsburgh if you want to win the AFC North. Um, you'll have another matchup in Cincinnati where they really honestly have more success. They have more success at Paul Brown Stadium against the Bengals mm. than they do at Heinz Field. It's right. really bizarre in this series. But keep in mind, for Andy Dalton, it's got to be time where he makes the mistake. He's 14 touchdowns to two interceptions this year. That's Nick foles He's got to have a turnover or two here Somewhere. that just absolutely kills this team. Right. I don't know if it'll be this week, but if it is... Give me the Steelers, and, and for now, I'll take Pittsburgh. I know you're surprised to hear that because I'm always the, the Cincinnati guy that's always right. sticking up for Andy and right. and all those guys. I still like that team a lot, but, I mean, it's a, it's a big game for both sides. The AFC North is really competitive, and if they've got Ben Roethlisberger back, that could really give them a boost. So quickly, before I get your
0: last two picks here, let me ask you this situation. Um, this isn't even worth the time. Titans-Texans. <laughs> Titans 1-5, Texans 2-5, and 1 and, 5, Texans 2 and 5, 1 o'clock. Um, we know what you'll be watching. Um, I may not. Do the Titans get a win here? Again, I mean, the Texans are bad. Just cut. Ryan Mallett. Brian Hoyer's there. Uh, they got
1: embarrassed at Miami a week ago. Did the Titans win? We got embarrassed. Uh, the Titans did two weeks ago against Miami at home, too. Uh, this game's going to be sloppy. It's uh, Marcus Mariota being questionable. It's the defense of the Texans being questionable. Uh, not in the injury report, but just with their overall, overall play. Yeah. Really hard to believe at this point. Uh, I think it's going to be a low scoring football game. I think one turnover either way decides it. I'll take Houston until I see otherwise because Tennessee's been a team Sheesh. early in the season that just could not finish close ball games.
0: Buffalo, Philly, Washington, Jacksonville, the four teams with a bye this week. So you kind of already previewed it a little bit, gave a little spoiler with your Cincinnati Pittsburgh uh, prediction. But give me real quick your lock of the week and your upset of the week.
1: I'm feeling confident with Pittsburgh taking that one. And I'm going to take Indianapolis. Because this team severely needs something good to happen to it. It's three and four. And although that gets you away with an AFC South divisional championship, more than likely the way that they're headed, they've got to get a statement win. And I think what you talked about with Carolina, you know, not having a win over a team with a winning record, that defense is good. Uh, but I think the Colts' offense is going to step up, and I think they're going to force Cam Newton and company to be more of an aired-out team, and that's not what they want to do. I think the Colts desperately need this one because they have three straight games. So that's an upset. You have two upsets. Yeah, but I'm taking Pittsburgh as my lock. Oh, Pittsburgh's your lock. Yeah, okay. and I'll take Indy as my upset because not a lot of people are going to pick that right now. I mean, they've got, got three you. straight games got against, you. I believe, undefeated teams coming up with Carolina being the first of those three. They could potentially be staring at 3-7, and seven, and again, I feel confident they'd still be at the top of that division, which is really and truly sad.
0: Gotcha. So my lock is going to be Arizona at Cleveland. Browns, right?
1: The Browns, yes. The Cleveland Browns. You're picking them as your lock. No. Arizona to beat Cleveland. Oh, oh, okay. Calm down, sir. You had me really concerned. I didn't didn't know if you were sick. And my upset is
0: going to be Baltimore beating San Diego. Not much of an upset. I mean, Baltimore only has one win, though, so record-wise it still is an upset. Yeah, I mean, they're on target for the number one pick. Right, so that's going to be my upset. Baltimore... Uh, At home, beating San Diego. My lock, the Cardinals beating the Browns. That's Mike Fenner. I'm Tyler Trumbauer. That's all for us today here in the morning after. Thank you all for tuning in with us on a Thursday edition. If you missed any of this or want to listen to it again, check out our podcast later today on edinburghnow.com. Mike and I have a busy day. We're going to be at PSAC Basketball Media Day tomorrow. Mike. We'll climb on the show tomorrow to talk Borough football as we have that contest for you on Saturday. Tubby will be back in studio tomorrow. Tom Risenweber, Josh Gleason in their usual slots. We'll talk to you tomorrow for another edition of The Morning After.